It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live of 2017. A happy new year to everyone. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as follow me on Twitter at philiprr-omd. Got lots of good stuff coming up for you. Uh, in the next couple days as as a calendar turns from 2017 to 2018. And while that's not the NBA calendar, it is a good time to take a step back and kind of reflect on the year that was. And that's what we're going to do on today's show. And of course, I want to hear your questions as well. If you're watching on the Facebook Live instead of listening on Lockdown Magic, which you should definitely do as well, uh, please leave your comments over in the comments section here. No, there. Right there. Right there. Bottom screen. Um, leave your comments in the comments section Uh, And with your questions, I want to answer your questions heading into 2018. What do you want to see in 2018? What are your Orlando Magic New Year's resolutions besides win or tank or get a good draft pick or don't screw up? Um, Whatever whatever your New Year's resolution is, let me know. I want to share them with the world and I want to answer your questions heading into 2018, especially as the mailbag uh, comes up in in a couple couple, uh, days. I'll I'll have that mailbag ready to go. Um, But... I wanted to start today talking about uh, the year that was. 2017 was not a good year for the Orlando Magic. Just, just no way around it. It, it, it was not a good season, not a good um, a stretch for the Magic. Um, I, I looked up the record. The Magic went 26, and I think it was 50. Shoot, now I forgot what I wrote down. The Magic went 26. In 54, if I'm not mistaken, over the course of 2017. They had only 26 wins, so let's put it that, and roughly a season of play. So very obviously, the Magic are not in a good spot, and 2017 was not a good year for them. It started off poorly, of course. The team was kind of in a rut already as they had quickly fallen out of the playoff race. They started January, they started uh, 2017 with a record of 15-19, and believe it or not. It still seemed like they had... Um, the ability to, to turn things around and, and maybe make a run, but very quickly things fell off the rails. The Magic lost their first, ooh, looks like, I mean, the Magic were 18 and 30 before you knew it, so they lost three of their next 14 games. They, they, they only won three of their next 14 games. They failed to produce a winning streak in 2017 until March, a win at Phoenix, and then an overtime win over Philadelphia, and that was actually the only winning streak they had for the entire year of 2017 in the 2017 season. Of course, the Magic didn't, Magic kind of suffered the same kind of problems. Once the 2018 season started, they made some massive changes. During the 2017 season, trading Serge Ibaka, moving away from that whole experiment with two bigs, um, and and trying to modernize their, their team, recognizing that the Serge Ibaka experiment did not work. They got some assets for it, including Terrence Ross and a couple of draft picks 
as well that they ended up not using, or a draft pick that they ended up not using. But um, Orlando clearly knew it was time to move on and time to, to, to try and turn the page a little bit as they entered the new season in 2018. And they did that by firing Rob Hennigan, uh, or relieving him of his duties at least, uh, and hiring Jeff Weltman and, and bringing in his staff, John Hammond, Pete Alessandro, Becky Bonner, the, the whole crew, um, that, and even a lot of people that we probably don't hear or know about. But overall, 20, the 2018 season, or at least the 2017 part of the 2018 season, has not seen the team move forward in any tangible way. Uh, like I said, the Magic have only 29 wins, it had only 20, or 26 wins, sorry, in the year calendar year 2017. And that's 14 in, in the 2017 season and 12 now in the 2018 season. And so it was not a good time to be a Magic fan. There was a lot of difficult games, a lot of big blowouts, uh, and a lot of things that didn't have you clinging for hope. The Magic drafted Jonathan Isaac, of course, with the sixth pick in the 2017 draft, a, a young player with a lot of potential, but one that was not going to bring too much immediate gains. It was clear that the Magic were taking sort of a, a long-term approach, that Jeff Weltman wasn't going to come in and just clean house and change everything. In fact, the roster stayed largely the same. And I guess, predictably, so have the results. Despite a blistering 8-4 and four start to the season, the Orlando Magic have fallen on tough times yet again. They started the year 8-4, and four, but have only won four of their past 26 games. The Magic are now 12 in 25. So if I did my math, hopefully I did my math correctly there. And of course, the big, the big, the latest loss, a crushing 117-111 loss to the Miami Heat, which I'll recap here and and maybe I'll recap very briefly in a bit because I think it was emblematic of a lot of the issues that the Magic have had in the last calendar year. There have been bright spots. Don't get me wrong. Bringing Terrence Ross into the fold and, and modernizing the team and making them more of a uh, a run-and-gun, pace-and-space team has helped the offense a little bit. It's made the team more entertaining to watch, at the very least. And Alfred Payton had his big burst at the end of the last season, um, raising hopes a little bit. But really, there hasn't been much on the court that provides a ton of optimism. In fact, really, the only thing that we can say that was good about the way the Magic had played in the calendar year 2017 was Aaron Gordon, perhaps. Aaron Gordon has transformed himself into what many Magic fans, and maybe I do too, many people believe could be a centerpiece of the franchise moving forward. A guy who has earned perhaps a max contract this summer. It's a big summer. 2018 will be a big year for Aaron Gordon. And if anything, 2018 should be the year of Aaron Gordon. But Aaron Gordon's development from the end of the 2017 season to the beginning of the 2018 season has been the story of this calendar year. Because with all the changes that have happened with the Magic and the front office and all the changes that we expect to happen on the court this summer, Aaron Gordon is likely to be the lone constant. The lone guy who this team can really build around. When Jeff Weltman took over in the summer, he said that, that, that they were going to have to evaluate everything on the roster. They weren't going to rush into making changes, and, and they wanted to value stability. And there was something to that, but it, it might have been more a ploy to say, look, we don't have the financial flexibility to do very much, and we're not going to just trade guys to trade guys. 
And so we need the time to bring in our own people. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And so the Magic have waited patiently. Maybe you want to call it a tank job. I don't know. I think this team is far too talented to be playing as poorly as they are. And I think now that Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon are back, we're seeing them pick up their pace a little bit. And I think we'll see some wins come down the, come down the pike. Whether that's a good thing or not, I'll let you decide. But 2017 was undoubtedly a very tough year in Magic history. Probably, I don't want to say the most disappointing calendar year, but it's definitely up there. Just like last year when I recapped the 2017 season, and said, this is probably one of the most disappointing and frustrating seasons, possibly not the worst team in Magic history, but one of the worst teams in Magic history. I don't think this year's team will qualify for that, of course. I think injuries have played a huge role. But undoubtedly, it will be another difficult season for the Magic. In fact, the fact that it's January 1st and we're already talking about draft prospects in a very serious way, the fact that, that, that we're talking about draft prospects in a very serious way in, in early January is obviously not encouraging. Mikey, as Mikey Clark points out, we haven't been tanking. Injuries have been the main reason for the losses. I think you're absolutely right on that. I think the injuries have been a huge issue for this year's team. But like the 2017 season, we're seeing a lot of issues pop up that are familiar. A team that doesn't know how to take a punch, that lets a close game turn into a 30-point blowout, that doesn't know, not necessarily how to finish, but not always know how to compete for a full 48 minutes. A team that doesn't seem committed to a play style that works. And honestly, Saturday's game against the Miami Heat was emblematic of a lot of problems that we saw throughout this season. I want to talk real briefly about Saturday's game before we start looking ahead to the 2018 season. The Orlando Magic lost to the Miami Heat on Saturday, 117-111, to in, in a really difficult and frustrating game. I don't think there's any way around it that this was a game that the Magic felt like they should win and probably should have won. Um, I, I think that the Magic probably played their best half of basketball in the first half in a lot of ways. They did a really good job moving the ball. Their defense was as together and, and locked in as I have seen it in a very, very long time at least. And those defensive plays fed a fast break. If anything, the first half to Saturday's game is exactly how the Magic want to play. When, when Frank Vogel envisioned this team, that's how he envisioned it. 
So I think that there, if there was hope, that was it. You know, Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier were playing lights out in that first half. Alfred Payton was playing extremely well in that first half. But as well as the Magic played in the first half, especially on defense, they struggled in the second half. Yes, they were still making shots, and so they were able to hold off Miami until the final two minutes of the game. But their inability to get stops, their inability to commit on the defensive end, I don't care if they're bad defenders, but they lost their togetherness, they lost their... Um, their 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 fight for each other and their ability to kind of problem solve that that defensive scheme in that second half. As Jasmine Hawkins uh, writes, my New Year's resolution for the Magic is to play for each other instead of their self. I, I think this has been an issue that's recurred, and I think we saw it a little bit in Saturday's game, where the Magic, when things get down, and this is a point I've made several times, when things get down. The Magic tend to try and do things more by themselves. You see Evan Fournier force play. You see Aaron Gordon force play. You see Alfred Payton force play. You see Jonathan Simmons force play. When things are rough, that's when the Magic need to trust each other more. And so the Magic on Saturday set a season high with 26 fast break points in the first half. They had zero fast break points in the second half. And a tough thing, and a thing that's tough for young teams to do is to realize that the best way to jumpstart your offense is to play defense. You cannot let your offense affect your defense, and that seemed to be what was happening throughout the second half on Saturday. When Tyler Johnson scoring 22 of 31 points, of his 31 points in the third quarter, and Goran Dragic is running the pick and roll and destroying your defense every single time, the Heat didn't do anything complex. That's when you know something's wrong, and and the Magic needed to play better in that moment. Of course, you can't get that back now. Now you have to learn from it and move on. If there is a silver lining, it's that, yes, players are getting back healthy, and the Magic have looked significantly better since Evan Fournier came back and since Aaron Gordon came back. They've looked much more competitive, and that's why I'm optimistic about the early part of 2018. I think while the schedule at the beginning of 2018 is very, very tough, and so I don't see some crazy playoff run coming. I do think the Magic will pick up some wins, and I think that the Magic will head into the offseason feeling a little bit better about themselves. The goal should still be to match last year's 29-win total. I, I, I get draft positioning and all that, and we'll deal with that when it comes to it. But this team needs to learn how to fight, and they're not going to learn how to fight if they're not trying to win games. And so I think absolutely they need to try and win games. A, if you're playing, you should always be trying to win. Whether, you know, a guy is held out because of a nagging injury, so be it. The players that are on the team need to be doing everything they can to fight and to compete. And that's not what has always been there in 2017. And, and that was the most disappointing aspect of 2017, was that the team nev- didn't always have the fight. Saturday night, they had the fight. Saturday night, they did plenty to win the game. And really, the last three games, except for... The fourth quarter in Miami and and probably the fourth quarter against Miami on Saturday. Except for fourth quarters against Miami Tuesday and Saturday. The Magic have played really, really well and have done enough to win games. So the fight does seem to be back. There is an added energy from having players back from injury. uh, But obviously there's still a long way to go. I've said this before. I I think I'll keep saying it. Um, I think that... The rest of this season needs to be about Aaron Gordon. Evan Fournier is a great player. 
He's a clutch player. The Magic should put the ball in his hands a lot. But Aaron Gordon is the future of this team. And so if you want to make the rest of the season productive, you have to get him the ball. And he had a fantastic game, 39 points on Saturday. But he only had five in the fourth quarter. And it did seem the Magic went away from him too much. That they put let the ball through Evan Fournier. And some of that is absolutely that the Magic didn't get out in transition where Aaron is, is really, really, really good. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, it's going to be interesting to see where the Magic go in 2018 because it will be a year of change. Jeff Weltman will have had a full season by the time June comes around to fully evaluate the team, get to know their team dynamics, and yes, let contracts slip over another year. So it's unclear what direction the Magic will head in 2018. I think that the only thing that we can almost certainly say is that Aaron Gordon's probably going to be back, but everything else, and Jonathan Isaac will probably be back, definitely will be back, but everything else is up in the air. We'll get into trades and we'll get into what's coming in 2018 in just a moment, but I want to start with, uh, I want to answer your questions about 2018. This is a Facebook Live. I want it to be interactive, so be sure to drop in your questions. I'll read through the comments here as we start looking ahead to the 2018 calendar year. The first question I got from Chris Knight, what is the salary cap for 2018 and how much do the Magic have to spend? Um, the salary cap for next season is going to come in at around 90... I think it's going to... Oh, no, sorry, not 97. Um, it, I think it's going to be 103. 102 or $103 million. It's going to be lower than everyone anticipated. That's, that's the big takeaway there. But don't expect the Magic to be active in free agency. Number one, we know what happens when you overspend in free agency. You end up with Bismack Miombo because you don't have anyone else to sign. Uh, and in any case, it's tough to convince any marquee player to come sign with a team that's going to struggle to hit 30 wins. So free agency to me is not the path forward for this Magic team. It's, it's not the likely path forward. In any case, the Magic, before they deal with Aaron Gordon and Alfred Payton, by my calculations, will have somewhere between... 10 and $15 million. I, I haven't done the math in a while, but I've been operating under the assumption the Magic will have about $13 million of cap room to spend. That is before re-signing Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon's going to get more than $13 million. So essentially this summer, the Magic will not have any cap room. Essentially this summer, the Magic will be working with their biannual, ex uh, not their biannual because they'll be over the cap, but be working with their uh, non-taxpayer mid-level exception, which is roughly, I think that comes in at 6 or $7 million per year. Uh, and then they're going to re-sign Aaron Gordon. That is their main objective this summer. The, the main thing they have to deal with is their two restricted free agents, Aaron Gordon and Alfred Payton. At this point, I think they'll match any offer on Aaron Gordon. I think if Aaron Gordon gets a max from someone, and there's not a lot of teams with cap room this summer. This summer, there's only maybe four or five teams that have the cap room to go out and sign a max player. 
So don't expect the Magic to be super active this summer, at least in the free agent market. Where they will be active, I believe, is in the trade market. I think that we've been talking a lot about this team in the moment. In the big picture, you know, we know what this team can do. We've seen that we've seen them play now really under the same coach for two years. And, and while a lot of people are questioning Frank Vogel, and, and you know, maybe we do see a coaching change. I, I, I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility. I think that this year is an evaluation year, and that includes the coaching staff. But at the same time, there is something to stability. And because they've had the same coaching staff in place for two years now, seeing the same players struggle with the same issues says more about the players than it does the coaches, in my opinion. We've seen Nikola Vucevic here for five years. We've seen Evan Fournier here for four years. We've seen Alfred Payton here for four years. It's tough to know how to value those players. I think that everyone knows the limitations you have with Nikola Vucevic as your starting center. He's been very good this year. Don't get me wrong. Um, he's had a nice bounce back year, and, and, and he's the best center option on the team, as well as Bismack Biombo has played the last three games. It's just three games, and the Magic have only won... One of those three. And the Magic still do not have good defensive ratings with Biombo on the floor, even in those last three games. So Vucevic is still the best center on the team, but we all know that there are limitations with him. Defensively, I think Zach Lowe put it best a few weeks ago. Defensively, Nikola Vucevic has to be completely locked in to be successful defensively. And he's not always completely locked in. It's tough to ask a guy to be 100% locked in defensively. And so I think that, yes, if the Magic want to be this fast-breaking, defensive-minded team, they got to have a defensive-minded center. And obviously, I think we're seeing the offense kind of get a nice boost a little bit. And Gordon and Fournier being back definitely helps. But I think we're also kind of seeing that, in some respects, there are too many mouths to feed. And so having a guy who doesn't need the ball in his hands helps. And, and, and again, Jonathan Simmons being the starting lineup also kind of hurts that as well. The other thing that I think we can kind of say is that, yeah, probably it's time to move on from Alfred Payton. How much are you willing to pay Alfred Payton is one of the big questions that the Magic are asking themselves if they want to retain him. Even. It's going to be tough to trade him because he's on a rookie contract, so he doesn't make a ton of money. Uh, and by all intents and purposes, he's still the best point guard on the team. So the Magic are going to have to ask have to ask a lot of big questions about that as well. But it does seem like it's time to move on from this core. Like I said, the Magic only had 26 wins in the calendar year of 2017. It's These guys have been together for several years through several coaches, but they've been together through several years, and the most wins they've been able to come up with is 35. That does suggest that it is time to move on. That it is time to begin flipping the core over bringing in a new core, and certainly new management suggests that as well. So I would anticipate in twenty in the summer of 2018, if we don't see it at the trade deadline, the Magic will begin flipping over the core. And so that brings me to Gordon Purvis's question, do you think we will make a trade? I don't think the Magic feel any urgency to make a trade. Let me, let me, let me make that clear. This season was always an evaluation season, always kind of a no-lose season in, in the way that I've, that I've, praised it. I think we've called it a, a, a prove-it season. I think we've called it a, um, uh, what did Chris say on, on Friday's show, um, a mulligan season. Essentially, Jeff Weltman wanted to take a step back, evaluate everything in front of him, and then make decisions. He wasn't going to just 
blindly trade players, doesn't want to bring, uh, and, and as I said on earlier podcast this week, the Magic want to create financial flexibility. So they're not going to trade Evan Fournier or Nikola Vucevic and take on more salary. They want to open up the books if they can. And so, again, like, like I said earlier, it's possible the Magic do a salary dump and try and unload some of those big contracts to get some more financial flexibility, even if it makes them worse in the short term. The big thing for Jeff Weltman and company now is to make sure they bring in players that fit their vision. However they envision this team, whether it's building around Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, or whoever, however they envision this team, they need to start bringing in players that fit that, that group. And that means everyone is on the table. Now, does that mean they will make a trade by February's deadline? That part, I'm not sure of. I don't know if there's a deal out there. Because the guys the Magic want to trade may not have the value that we think they do or that, that other teams might want. Typically, when you get into the trade deadline, you've got their buyers and sellers. Your buyers are the teams that are trying to make the playoffs and need that last little piece and are willing to give up maybe a, a future asset to get there. Your sellers are typically teams like the Magic trying to unload bad contracts or contracts that they don't really need or players that don't really fit what they do. It's hard to see and look at, at this trade market and find the teams that are looking for that last little piece, that are willing to give up something of value for that last little bit. And it's personally really tough to figure out what the Magic want and what the Magic can do too. I think it's more likely that they'll make these trades during the summer. The summer is when you can make bigger changes. Teams don't want to disrupt things too much at the deadline. So you might see a small move here or there. Maybe someone buys into Mario Azonia and the Magic trade him. Maybe someone thinks Alfred Payton can be their backup point guard and the Magic are able to unload him for a future asset of some sort if the Magic have decided they're not going to sign him. Those are kind of the things you watch for at this point. I don't think we'll see any major moves at the February trade deadline um, but um, because the Magic just don't have the urgency to make those moves. They can wait. They can have these conversations and carry them forward into the summer. So I think we, we may have to wait a little bit more um, for, for that. Uh, Gordon follows that up by asking, what do you think is the biggest need in the draft or via trade? When it comes to the draft, the Magic are probably going to be drafting in the top six or seven. There are six really good players in this team, maybe seven. I haven't watched Kevin Knox or, or Jaron Jackson particularly closely yet. Um, this is a draft that is filled with bigs. A lot of rim-protecting bigs, too. DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Ayton's not a rim-protecting big. Neither is Marvin Bagley, but you know you got your Mo Bamba, you got your Jaron Jackson, you've got your Kevin Knox. Um, there are a lot of there are a lot of rangy bigs in this draft. Not a lot of point guards though, uh, and I think that the Magic, the Magic really, the Magic right now as far as needs, they need more talent. They need to upgrade their talent, and they need financial flexibility. That that there isn't much they can do to fix this team without fixing those other issues first. And so I think that when it comes to the draft, the Magic just need to take the best player available, unless it's a wing. I think they should avoid wings because they've got Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac to fill the wings. So I don't think that the Magic are necessarily looking for a specific position anywhere. They're just looking to get better, and they're looking for players that fit their vision. 
because they need to upgrade pretty much every position outside of Aaron Gordon and maybe Evan Fournier. Maybe you hold on to Evan Fournier a little bit longer. So I don't think that the Magic are kind of in that position where they're looking for something specific. They're looking for everything. Um, and so I think that's kind of where where we're at with this Magic team is that uh, essentially what I've been telling everyone who's like, uh, there, there's there's a lot of debate among Magic fans right now, kind of saying, oh, it's it, it's been five years. This team needs to be good. They need to start winning now. You have to consider this year zero of the Jeff Weltman era. He didn't have a lot of flexibility or ability to move things around, and so he hasn't had the chance to really make his imprint on this roster. And so this is year zero. Next year's year one. Next year, I expect to see a bigger Jeff Weltman imprint on the roster. And that's going to come through these trades. And so everything is up in the air. I, I don't think there's any player or any scenario that they can't that they can't consider. Even I, I've talked about this before. Even possibly looking into trading Aaron Gordon. If if you don't believe Aaron Gordon's truly your star, if you're not willing to give him a max, really willing to commit to him financially right now, then you got to think about it. I don't think the Magic will do it, mind you. I, I think that they do think that he can be a max player, and, and I think they are willing to pay him the max. But you got to think about it at least. As Mikey, Mikey Clark, I think, points out, I think Gordon, Isaac Simmons, Awundu, and Biombo are the only players likely to return next season. Do you agree? It's time we move on from Fournier, Vucevic, and Payton. How do we move them and what for? Um, I, I agree. I think Gordon, Isaac, and probably Simmons are the only players really guaranteed to be on the roster next year. Um, Biombo probably will be because of his contract. It's still really, really, really immovable. Um, I think we'll see Fournier stay or stick around because I think his contract's a little too difficult to move. Um, I think that when it comes to to uh, reshaping this roster, there are priorities. Um, I think obviously Alfred Payton being a restricted free agent, not likely to be back. I think he's got, answering the point guard question is kind of the biggest priority right now, um, or at least not answering it long term until you're comfortable. Um, moving those players is going to be dependent on what you get back. I think that the Magic kind of understand they hold the cards. They're not in any rush to move any of these players. They're not desperate. They're not, you know, they're, they're probably willing to take less talent back in return, but they need financial flexibility, and that's something a lot of teams aren't willing to give up, especially if they're taking on kind of a long-term deal. Like Vucevic has two years left on his deal this year and next year. Fournier has three, year, has three years left on his deal, I think. Um, you know, so two more after this season. It's tough to get players, teams to take those those deals. And Payton, does anyone really want his restricted free agency rights right now? That's a big question. Um, and and someone's going to pay him obviously next year. I, I I don't think he'll be out of the league, but um, he's not a player that I think a lot of teams are, are lining up to get if the Magic make available in a trade. And I'm sure the Magic probably will think about it to some extent. Um, it, it's it's not going to be easy. It's not. I, I did a whole podcast on trade scenarios um, a couple days ago with Andrew Bernica. Definitely listen to that on the Lockdown Magic podcast feed. But it's definitely difficult to see what direction the Magic will go in 2018. Um, I think that, that that's absolutely true that the Magic have a lot of questions and, and a lot of difficult answers and, and answers that aren't clear right now. They have to look at opportunities and find ways to move forward. Clearly, I think Nikola Vucevic has a trade market, but the injury will really set him back. I, I don't know if you trade Nikola, I don't know if you can trade Nikola Vucevic or Terrence Ross before the trade deadline because of their injuries. Um, it, I think that the Magic will have to play both before the summer to show that they're healthy and kind of increase their value again. Chris Knight asks, 
Mario looks like he has increased his trade value. I was like, do you see him being part of a trade? Um, I do. I think that the Magic, I think that the Magic recognize, and Mar and, and, and they probably knew this when they declined his option, that Mario Zoni is not going to come back to the team. So the Magic essentially tried to give him away in October by all accounts. Um, literally just give us a second round pick and we will give you Mario Zonia and no one bid on it. If the Magic, um, if the Magic find a situation that Mario likes or, or that will benefit him, I think that they make that deal. Um, I think that if a team offers a second round pick for Mario Zonia, the Magic will probably take that deal. So I, I, I actually believe pretty wholeheartedly that if a team is team is willing to give Mario Zonia a chance to end the year, that Mario Zonia will be gone by the trade deadline. I think that that's something that will happen. I think the Magic are going to hold off on it, try and include him in bigger deals, perhaps that 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 mean that mean a little bit more, but. I think that the Magic know, and they know, knew this when they declined his team option. I honestly think that the Magic declined his team option as a favor to his agent, um, which is nice and, and, and a good thing to do. Just kind of wipe the slate clean a little bit, give Mario, Mario a fair chance somewhere else. I think Mario Zonia will not return to the Orlando Magic under any circumstances. It's not that he doesn't like the people here. It's that he needs a fresh start. He needs a new opportunity. He needs someplace where he'll get a chance to play. and He's not really getting that in Orlando, and there's no guarantee that he will get that next year. So I think he know. I think his his people know, and he knows he needs to be somewhere else. He's doing his work. He's playing really, really well right now. He's looking like a rotation player, or at least a, a fringe rotation player again. Um, and that's a positive step for him in his career development. I don't think it'll happen in Orlando. I think that he will go somewhere else and and will um, get his opportunity somewhere else. It just didn't work out here in Orlando. So I know a lot of fans like him. They want to see him stay. They still believe in his talent. But the reality is the Magic. Are not playing him. The reality is he's not as talent. He's not reaching his potential. He, or at least he won't here. And so I think it's best just to move on. Um, not that you purposefully cut him or look to get him somewhere else because he's still valuable to this team. He's still providing good minutes for this team. But in the future, I don't see a way Mario Zonia comes back. I don't think he'll even consider returning to Orlando to Orlando um, at all. Um, looking at some of the, I'm just catching up on the comments here. Um, uh, Jasmine Hawkins asked, do you think Frank Vogel will be back next season? Um, I think this is actually quietly one of the bigger questions of 2018. Um, I think that everyone within the organization is getting evaluated. Everyone on the team, everyone on the, uh, uh, everyone in, on the coaching staff, they're all being evaluated. And I think that overall, Frank Vogel's performance this year has been okay. Um, I think that I think that we all recognized that he had a lot of weaknesses, uh, or maybe we didn't. Um, but but people who watched him know know he has a lot of weaknesses as a coach. I think the fact that the Magic's roster has not been particularly strong is uh, is um, a uh, uh, has emphasized those weaknesses. Has has let, let those weaknesses come out to the front a little bit more. Has you know kind of you know is is reticence to change rotations. His late adjustments uh, to lineups, his unimaginative offenses, uh, you know, without the strong defense and without Paul George to save him, those weaknesses are pretty apparent. But at the same time, I don't think you can pin this all on him. And I don't think that the Magic would be smart to move on. They've obviously had a lot of coaching change in the last five years. And so having some stability at coach, if, if you believe in Frank Vogel, and I still do, I think if you give him a good roster... Um, that it'll work. But the problem right now is the Magic just aren't able to, to bring the new roster. So the question is, 
are players developing. We've seen Mario Zonia get better. We've seen Aaron Gordon get better. We've seen Nikola Vucevic improve on his defense. Um, so I think we are seeing players get better. What, what's, what's tough is that you, you can't... I don't know how much you can judge effort on the coach or judge how the team gets blown out, whether that says more about the players or the coach. I lean this year to say that it means says more about the players because they've changed the coach a million times and the and and the players have remained the same for the most part. And those players have continued to struggle. So long as the relationship between Jeff Weltman and Frank Vogel is good for this year, I think Vogel is safe. I think they want that stability. They don't want to just change coaches. They know that the issue is they need to upgrade the talent, that they need to start bringing in players that either fit what Vogel wants to do more or fit what Weltman wants to do more. And these players clearly don't fit it. We all sense it. I mean, I've gotten comments already today saying it's clear we need to move on from the Peyton Vucevic Fournier. I've mentioned it. I've talked about it here today. And so it definitely feels like it's time to move on and move forward. As many of you noticed, Donald Hampton notes, with so much money tied up in Beyond Bone 48, the need to hit on the draft picks is crucial. And not only the need to hit on draft picks, the need to develop them. Jonathan Isaac's injury has been a huge hamper to his development, although I thought he was playing very, very well um, before his injury. Um, obviously, it's a sprained ankle, probably something a little bit more. Um, but Isaac's out indefinitely right now, and we don't know when we're going to see him again. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what direction the Magic go. I think it is possible that the Magic do fire Frank Vogel. To even with all the injuries, to have the team not be competitive. Like, let's forget about wins for a second. Just be competitive. Be in games. And yes, the injuries have mattered, but, you know, I look at a team like the Lakers or, or, or a team like the Kings. They have games often where they punch above their weight class, and you never really question their effort a lot. We've had games where we've questioned the Magic's effort. And I don't know how much to put on the coach, especially since it's something that's carried over from last year to this year. I think that the number one priority is to flip over this core as far as building for the long term. The number one priority is to flip over this core in some respect and begin build, begin laying the foundations for what this team wants to be. As I've said, and as some of you have echoed, it's year zero. So it's hard to judge things too much other than to say it's probably time to move on from some players. So it'll be interesting to see... Um, see what the Magic do moving forward. Just running through your comments here. Uh, the draft will obviously be big focus for this year. Um, you know, there's already been, we're already focusing a little bit on the draft, probably a little too much for my taste. Um, you know, there are a lot of really good players in this draft. Uh, Luka Doncic is my top guy. Um, he's a shooting guard small forward, but really plays point guard. Um, really gifted passer. I, I, I love his play so much. Um, you know, the fact that he is a, 19-year-old dominating the ACB League in Spain is just incredible. Um, it's, uh, um, you know, uh, other than him, you've got Marvin Bagley, who had a big game against Duke, uh, a fierce offensive player, great low post player. Um, I haven't had a chance to watch him a ton yet. Um, Trey Young has been rising draft boards, just a sharpshooter from Oklahoma, really gifted passer too, great playmaker, uh, you know, just a little bit undersized, but, but a really good player. Um, Colin Sexton's also really, really good. Um, it, it's it's going to be it, it's going to be a good draft. If the Magic end up in the top six, they will get a very good player. That part I am I'm very certain of. Um, 
you know, but you got to let the season play out. So I, I don't want to focus too much on any one player, but hitting on this draft is absolutely key. The Magic's core right now is essentially Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, and whoever they draft in this year's draft. So I think that they got to hit on this draft. This is a key player to this draft. Um, but you got to let the season play out first. So we'll, we'll, we'll deal with the draft a little bit closer to, to, to the NCAA tournament for sure. I'll talk a little bit more about the draft because by then we'll know exactly where the Magic stand. Um, you know, at, at Mikey Clark comments, 2018 will be a year to focus on the draft and player development, and that's not one of Vogel's strengths. I disagree. I think Vogel is a good player development coach. The problem is with this team is there are a lot of players who have already kind of hit their ceiling. We kind of know what Nikola Vucevic is. And Nikola Vucevic, to be fair and honest, has really improved on the defensive end this year. Um, I've been very, very impressed with Nikola Vucevic's defense for the last two years, really. Uh, and while he had a little bit of struggle at the beginning of the year, when all the injuries hit, Vucevic really stepped his game up defensively. I thought he was very, very good on the defensive end. Um, but uh, I think that Vogel has done a good job developing players. You look at Aaron Gordon and the way he's developed. The, the problem is a lot of these players have kind of hit their ceiling. And that's why we feel like it's time to flip over the court. We know what this group does together, and we know it doesn't work. So I think that, um, you know, we're, we're, we're shoot, look at Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac looked really, really good as well um, in, in his short run. And so, uh, you know, we haven't been able to see him develop much either. But I, I do think that the Magic have done a lot better job with player development. Um, you know, if you read the Becky, the, the Becky uh, Bonner story, um, by Howard Beck of Bleacher Report, you'll know you'll note that there's a line in there that the Magic didn't really have much in the way of player development, or at least a player development culture. When Jeff Weltman stepped in, he tasked Becky Bonner with with doing that, and she's done a lot, you know, kind of uh, kind of on the on the, uh, behind the scenes to bring the Magic back up to speed. So you know, I think that that that's gonna gonna get gonna get there. Like I said, it feels like a lot of these players have hit their ceiling and, and, and you can kind of sense that. And so you kind of sense it's just time to change and time to flip things over. So, um, you know, whether Vogel's the right coach or not, I don't know. I still like him. I still believe in him. I still think that he just needs a better roster and needs a better, needs a team that kind of fits that vision better. Um, so we'll see. Um, uh, Gordon Purvis asked, do you find that the Magic tried to rush to make the playoffs instead of waiting until they have a competitive team? Like how they gave up on Oladipo and Harris before they were fully developed? Um, I don't think that the Magic are going to play that game anymore. Um, I think there is a lot of fan pressure to be competitive immediately, but I think Jeff Weltman's been given the freedom. Again, this is year zero, so he's, he gets this year as a pass. I think Jeff Weltman's been given the freedom to let this team marinate and develop the way he wants to develop. That doesn't mean that there aren't result expectations. This year, there certainly aren't. They do want, I think they do want to see the Magic trending toward the playoffs starting next season. And certainly with a core of Aaron Gordon, second-year Jonathan Isaac, and whoever they draft, that should be a core that will grow into a playoff team. But I don't think the Magic have a have an explicit goal of make the playoffs by 2020 or you're fired. That's not their goal. I'm sure they want that, and they, again, want to see them trending in that direction. But I don't think that the Magic want to, want to put any timeline. I think putting artificial timelines on the team, like they did when they hired Scott Skiles, to be perfectly honest, I think that's what got the team in trouble. It was clear they needed to move on from Jacques Vaughn. That decision was fine. But creating playoff expectations before the team was ready is what got them into trouble. So it'll be interesting to see um, how that develops. But I think, I think Jeff Waltman and company have been given the freedom to make decisions. 
um, just just to kind of make decisions at their will, at their will, and, and take their time and recognize that you you can't rush these things. You got to hit on draft picks. You got to hit on free agency. You got to make good decisions, and you got to be trending in a positive direction. But that doesn't mean that there's a timeline for it, because when you put a timeline on things and you put a deadline on things. That's when you make mistakes. That's when you make panic moves. And like the Oladipo decision, the decision to trade Oladipo, I still think it was the right one. Victor Oladipo even admitted he probably does not turn into what he's become if he stays in Orlando. The Tobias Harris trade was a disaster. It was a bad decision from the very start. The Victor Oladipo decision you could rationalize, and I still think you can. I still think it was the right decision. It was the right kind of risk for the Magic to take because I don't think the Magic were willing to pay Oladipo the max. That was a decision Orlando made. I, honestly, I think it was a good one because if you remember how he played in Oklahoma City, he was not very good. And if you remember how he played in Orlando, it was a completely defensible decision. The Magic were bringing him off the bench. And so it's it's still not clear what direction the Magic want to go there. But um, obviously, I, I don't think there's any deadlines or any timelines on this team. Um, I, I think that, that if, if you have that approach, I think you're going to make mistakes. And when you make mistakes, you get buried in a deep hole like the Magic kind of are now where they, they need to kind of reset the whole table um, if they can. Um, luckily, like I said, bringing in a core of Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, and whoever you draft, that should be a core good enough to grow into something. And so then it becomes about filling in the roster with the right complementary players. And so that'll be what's really interesting to see what the Magic do. Um, exactly, yeah, exactly, Mikey. Um, like you said, playing in Oklahoma City, being in a winning culture, being around Russell Westbrook really helped Oladipo develop into the player he is. Something that he couldn't learn in Orlando because the Magic just didn't have the atmosphere for it. Um, I don't know if Oladipo would have developed here. I, I really don't. Um, I like I like Oladipo a lot. Um, but I think he was too comfortable here. Um, I, I don't think. I, I I think that—I I don't think he was benched for no reason. I think there was legitimate reasons to bench him. The Magic were a better team with him off the floor. Now, what that what they, what they kind of proved when they benched him was that Fournier really fed off Oladipo well, so I don't think they gave that enough room to marinate. But that team had a lot of problems. That, that, they were 19 and 13, but they had a lot of problems. That fall was coming. Um, But I, I, I think that the Magic were completely rational in trading Victor Oladipo. Um, no sense rehashing the past, though. That if, if it was a mistake, the guy who made the mistake was fired. So, I think it's time to move. On. I think it's time to move on. I, I really don't think we should we should dwell on it very much um, because there are a lot of there are a lot of issues coming up with this team um, that that they have to resolve, and 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 you can't you can't go back and and get that back. So, um, you know, a lot of fans I know want to say, oh, if only this team had Oladipo playing this way. Sure, but I don't think Oladipo ever would have played this way here. Um, I think that he kind of had. Not the run of the place, because I don't think that's the right way to phrase it, but he was just a little too comfortable here um, and, and, and didn't, didn't have the pathway to become a better player or become this player. When he was with Orlando, we all kind of concluded he's a sixth man. Like, we, um, you know, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I, I think that, that there were a lot of problems with the way the Magic handled their coaching situations under Rob Hannigan. Um, that's why I think I'm a little I'm a little hesitant to say that Frank Vogel's on the hot seat this year, despite the team struggles. Um, I think that um, I, I think that uh, you know Vogel needs 
and needs an opportunity with a roster that he can really grow with and build with, build build around. And, and this roster isn't it because this roster, again, like I said earlier, has hit its ceiling. And I think that's why we're, we're at the conclusions we're at now. Um, that's going to do it for me today. I've got to I got to run here before the before the last week of the NFL starts. I'll thank everyone again for listen for watching today's Facebook Live or listening on Locked On Magic. I hope I answered some of your questions. Remember, the Orlando Magic Daily Mailbag is open, so be sure to send me your questions online. You can do it on Facebook at the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook page. You can do it by email at omagicdaily at gmail.com. And you can do it, of course, online on Twitter at omagicdaily. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnMagic, as well as like us on Facebook at LockedOnMagic. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast and listening device. Remember, it's a daily podcast, Locked On Magic. Um, you can you can you can follow, listen every day, every weekday at least, um, talking about the Orlando Magic. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's show, everyone. Please have a happy, happy, happy New Year. Good luck to the UCF Knights. Beat Auburn in the in the Peach Bowl. Bring home that trophy to Orlando and give give Orlando something to celebrate. To be to be perfectly frank, um, hopefully 2018 will be a much better year for the Orlando Magic. I see no reason why it won't be. At least it will point us in a direction of some sort, which I think is good. I think we need direction of some sort. But for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman, right? I will see you all again in 2018, if I haven't already, for another episode of Locked On Magic. And we'll see you all again next Sunday at noon for another Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.